Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray you enjoy the teaching of God's Word. May the Holy Spirit encourage, exhort, and comfort you. We invite you to come and see what the Lord is doing at Northgate. Come and grow with us. May you be blessed by the God of hope. We were going through the book of Ephesians. Dan's been going through the book of Ephesians as well as Doug. And we hit the passage about marriage, so he asked me to share with him today. So I'm just going to read through, um, starting in Ephesians 5.21. Yeah, um, 5.21 all the way to the end of the chapter. It says, God's word says, Submitting one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Yeah, thanks be to God for his word. yeah, praise God for his word. Um, but this, uh, God's word is a sword in scripture, right? Like that's our um, picture of it. And swords go into battle. And so this passage in particular has a bit of a spiritual battle <laughs> um, attached to it. And so, yeah, before we start, um, I just want to pray uh, that we would have hearts to hear, um, that God would use his word, this passage, and our words um, for good and not for evil, as the enemy intends at times. Uh, Jesus said, be careful how you hear when we're listening to scripture. So I pray that we would hear today with the goodness of God in mind. So uh, yeah, just pray with me. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can trust it, that your word is pure and perfect, holy and true and righteous. And it's, um, it's what converts our souls. So I thank you for your word this morning and Lord, uh, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us uh, truth, your truth. And we just bind the enemy in the name of Jesus, any division that he wants to cause, any um, hurt that he wants to bring up in our hearts, anything that already has the blood of Christ over it, Lord. Um, yeah, we just bind the enemy and we pray and release the, the joy and the love and the peace and the truth of the Holy Spirit um, into this time together this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I think what we just did might be the most important thing that we do today. 
praying against the enemy in the spirit of division. There's a real battle. And Satan wants us to divide on anything. But we have authority in Christ to defeat the enemy. Amen? I'll just be really honest. I've had people come to this church and leave because I didn't teach this passage their way. Either way, by the way. (laughs) Either I'm too complementarian or I'm too egalitarian. This morning, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. I am neither. But I love Jesus and his word. Amen? Amen. What we have here in this passage, if you've been following along with us in Ephesians, is actually an invitation to a spirit-filled life and a spirit-filled marriage. Marriage is important. It's a practical thing of life for some of us. And even if you're not married in this room this morning, don't turn off because there's a lot to learn about Jesus and how he treats people. Amen? But here we have this invitation. We know in the beginning of chapter 5, we're called to be imitators of God and to walk in love. Oftentimes when we look at this passage, I see people look with negative, and as Amy's going to share in a minute, we don't see the goodness of God or the truth of his word. But we see what we've experienced. And that becomes very difficult. But here, we know that God loves us, and we have an invitation to what a spirit-filled marriage looks like. You see, marriage is a good thing. Because it was created before the fall. And I think that's a key verse in our passage, that being verse 31, where Paul quotes, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I guess our goal this morning is to have an encouragement, an invitation to become one, to be unified for the glory of God. Now this, just, again, doesn't just relate to marriage. It relates to all unity and being one. And do you know that there's more power when we operate together than when we operate separately? Now that doesn't matter. That can be a church. That can be the workplace. That can be with your friends. More can be accomplished when you work together. And the same is true of marriage. And I think what we've realized over the years and maybe in our own life is there's this temptation to pull and push our way instead of operating at one, being one together for God's glory. Maybe we would relate that to, in a sense, coexisting in our home, doing our own thing, yet being there, but not being together. And the same thing can happen in church or wherever. We can come and coexist. But we need to be operating with one mind. Amen? 
And I think this passage reveals that mind. And it's really important, and you wonder, what is this in front of us? We don't pick when uh, passages come about. I didn't say, okay, we're going to do marriage on December the 17th, my birthday, um, in the Christmas season, because you're probably here thinking, this is a very odd topic one week before Christmas. Well, if you've been to Northgate for a while, we might have a topical on Christmas, but basically we just teach through God's Word. And three weeks ago, I wasn't timing it out in any way. But rather, we just took it, and as the Holy Spirit led Doug and myself to the passages, to the verses, and today, marriage and a manger. Two M's. And I think that's rather significant. And you might not think that. You might think they're different. But I look at this passage, and we see that everything is related to Jesus. Jesus in how he loves his, jur- his church. Jesus, how he treated people. And I would say even with the rest of scripture, Jesus, how he submitted to the Father. Completely equal, but had a role to play. And so when we look at this, we see Jesus and we, this Sunday, see the manger. His coming. And that brought to mind very quickly Philippians chapter 2. Let me read it to you. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection in mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross." We see this marriage, and in this passage, we see Jesus coming, and we see his mind in coming. We also see that Paul is pleading the church in Philippi to be one and to have unity. And unity can truly only be complete with the mind of Christ, where we can do things in one accord, in one mind. Some instructions... Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. In marriage, as we look at this passage, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. How about this? Being like Jesus in our marriage, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than your spouse. In relationships, in the church, but here I'm talking marriage, the manger, God coming, his heart and mind, so that we could have unity and oneness with him, took this place 
below. This sacrificial love humbled himself. What is humility? Well, humility is not necessarily putting myself up or low. It's not thinking of myself at all. Actually, humility is complete security in God. So I don't have to worry what people think of me, nor my spouse, but I can sacrificially love and submit, have the characteristics of Christ, because I'm so secure in Jesus. You see, I think that's the complete key and the invitation to maybe the hard words that are in this passage. Because Christ and his character was the perfect example of sacrificial love and complete submission. And I want to tell you something this morning. You can't separate them. Oh, men do this. Women do this. I think verse 21 said that we, we all need to be submitting in the fear of God. I think women can't say to men, you need to love and I don't need to love. Don't we all need to love? Don't we all need to submit? But we can't avoid scripture how maybe in this little section it rubs us maybe to focus on those things in our roles. But in the end, we have this invitation to be like Jesus in all our relationships and especially in marriage. You know, sometimes I do worry if people come to me and they say, my marriage, there's no problems. And maybe not in this season. But I've been around long enough. I haven't been in ministry forever, but I have been in ministry for a while. And I know we're all selfish. Do you know that? I know we're all growing not to be selfish, but I know it's a process. And I know there's a rub, and I know there's a challenge. But I know the invitation to be like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so crucial, as I mentioned last week, in this invitation, truly it starts with this. Be ye being filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Where are you drinking this morning? Selfishness? Pain? Brokenness? Your own desires? Earthly things? Earthly wisdom? Lack of trust in God, control, anger. You feel, you, is that enough or do you want <laughs> Or are we drinking of grace and mercy and forgiveness, not keeping a record of wrongs, but choosing to be like Jesus, not seeking revenge in any way, but letting go for the glory of of God. Hey, this is an invitation. This is a choice that all of us have today. And in my experience as well, I will just say this, the invitation is open. And you can choose your way, that's fine. When I, I have to choose my way, and I, I, and I actually can't change the way you choose. 
But I can tell you this very clearly. In the end, walking the way of the world will lead to misery. I'm just being, you might have moments and seasons of success, but in your own way, your will, your control, the way of the world, it will lead to pain and destruction. And I'm not saying that to be a big meanie. I've just seen it over and over and over again. And God loves us so much. He has so much more. Don't we love friends who speak truth and love to us? God's word always speaks truth in love to us. Amen? We all have a choice to accept the invitation today to be like Jesus. Amen? Just to to flow Amy in here, I, I could keep going, but it's time to stop. When I was praying about this, I felt the Lord make it very clear to me that we were to share our stories. What is our story with this passage? How has God changed our heart through this passage? Because God's word, sometimes we need to see how it changed. We need to have examples, and not that we're great examples, but I will say, God has changed us. Amen? All right. All right. Yeah. So my turn. Um, my story. Yeah, as Dan said. So, um, yeah, God has been changing us to become more and more one as a couple. Um, but my journey with this word submission, which, um, yeah, is a hard one to say sometimes. Um, I I entitled my story just from repulsive to a beautiful reality because, honestly, I struggled a lot with this word. I struggled a lot with um, the teaching around it. And, yeah, and if you know me, you know maybe a little bit why I'm a pretty independent person. I don't like help. I don't need help. And it's not that I don't, I do, but I I just would rather do it on my own. Um, So my independent nature and the fact that I'm fairly introverted too, like I'm in my head all the time, led to a lot of disasters early on in our marriage. Um, I, yeah, I remember one in particular, uh, it's not that we weren't taught well, we were taught uh, about this particular topic, but I didn't... uh, Yeah, I didn't necessarily want to put it in practice. And I remember in New Jersey one time with two little kids, and I had a friend who lived near Philadelphia. And I'm like, I'm going to go see my friend. I had planned this trip for weeks. I was so excited to go. And uh, and then New Jersey doesn't get bad weather often, but when they get it, like nobody knows how to drive in it. So (laughs) it's very you're taking your life in your hands if it's just the snowing a little bit. Um, and you go on the roads. So there was a storm coming. It was winter. And Dan's like, I really don't think you should go. Like, there's this, it says they're supposed to get like an inch of snow. And you know, that's disaster down here. So, um, I was like, but I've been wanting to go for so long. And I was so excited. So I was like, it'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'm a good driver. I can do this. So I hopped in the car, strapped the kids in, start heading down the road. And then I'm like, yeah, starting to see cars in the ditch. And like, yeah, it's, uh, it is a little, crazy um, down there. So I turned around. 
Um, but that's just a little example of just I was going to do things my way for the most part. Um, and I felt like, yeah, um, it was not, uh, it wasn't necessarily wrong to be independent. I was encouraged to be independent and, uh, and do things for myself. So, but again, as I said, we were taught, uh, I was taught this. I, I was a believer. I knew what Ephesians 5 says. Wives submit to your husband as to the Lord. So I thought, okay, I will try this. I will try it. I will try it. I will try to submit. Um, I would try to obey God by submitting. Um, but it didn't come from my heart. Outwardly, I would do the right things. I would, um, yeah, I was, I would listen. I would, uh, yeah, well, not in that particular instance, but, um, but I was doing things on the outside, okay, but bitterness was growing in my heart. And, uh, yeah, that passage that Jesus says, I was like a whitewashed tomb, looks great on the outside, but full of dead man's bones. My heart was pretty stinky, um, for a lot of years in our marriage, for a lot of years. Um, and, but honestly, I think the deeper issue for me was seeing God as good. Um, because as Dan was saying, like, my view of God, um, affects my ability to submit and to surrender to Him. And so if I don't trust God completely, I'm not going to trust His ways. And I'm not going to trust what He teaches me to do in His Word. So because I did not see God as good, I didn't see him as for me or proud of me. I didn't see him as wanting me to succeed or loving me as his child. I struggled to see his way, his, that his ways were good and that I could trust him. So I just said, Lord, teach me your ways because this isn't working. I just feel bitter when I try to do things on the outside because um, God works from the inside out. So, um, and he has been faithful to teach me his ways. That was a prayer of my heart. I just asked him, like, I don't understand this and I don't feel it, um, but I pray that you will teach me your ways and he's faithful. Uh, so considering uh, my journey, uh, learning again to ask God to teach me about this area of my life, I, I, um, I had a picture from Song of Solomon Song of Solomon, I don't even know where it is in it, but and it's also a song. It says, I am my beloved's, and he is mine, and his banner over me is love. Um, and when I think of that, I like to think in pictures, and I see this giant covering, this banner that covers me, and it's God's love. It's love. Um, but here in Song of Songs, they're talking about a man and a woman. It's a man and a woman. His banner over me is love. And God began to show me that I could put myself under that banner of love. Um, it's like an umbrella of safety, protection, and provision. Um, and submit literally means to get under. Um, and in marriage, I can put myself under the care, provision, and protection, and love of my husband. I can trust it. Uh, this is ultimately, in, perf- in a perfect world, God's plan for marriage. And I think ultimately, as women... Um, that's something, that's one of our heart's desire, is to be cared for, cherished, nurtured, loved, protected, and provided for. Um, but again, this is God's plan for marriage. Um, and then entered sin, as Dan was saying, <laughs> that marriage was created before the fall. Yeah, sin has made a mess of it. And so unfortunately, sin entered. And um, I, you have this wonderful picture of, in Solomon, Song of Solomon, of this covering of this like umbrella that, that is a safe place. But yeah, it's not always a safe place. Marriage is not always a safe place. It was meant to be. God planned it to be. But it's not, unfortunately, because of sin, it's not always a safe place. And so um, 
Yeah, I just wanted to put that caveat out there that sometimes that covering is not there. Sometimes it's used to hurt people, and um, and that is not God's plan at all. Um, God does not. He's not pleased with that at all in marriage, and um, a woman is not called to subject herself to abuse, ever. Um, But that wasn't the case in my journey. My journey was just a lack of trust, because I didn't trust that God was good. I didn't trust that my husband was going to treat me well or be good to me. Um, And so, yeah, that wasn't the case for me. um, In my journey, I simply struggled to trust but I have learned, too, in that picture from Song of Songs that I have my husband's covering, my husband's banner, but I also have Christ's banner, which is a higher uh, higher umbrella, a higher covering. And so I can trust that covering. Isaiah 54, 5 says, your maker is your husband. Um, so I can trust him. I can trust my maker. And I've, that's, that's a journey for all of us, too. Like It's been a journey for me to learn to trust God and his goodness. And so... Um, yeah, but as I have grown to see him in that way, see him as good, I don't need to fear. And it's funny that Dan used the words push and pull because one thing uh, I've been learning in the last few years because we've been working together more and more and you don't see behind the camera, but there's often diffi- no. difficulties. <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> difficulties along the way. No. Yeah. Bad, bad Wednesday. Wednesday. There's no. bad Wednesdays. There are. <laughs> Um, but it was, <laughs> yeah, as I've grown to see God as good and trust his ways, I don't need to be afraid. It was interesting, a few weeks ago in my quiet time, um, the Holy Spirit just whispered to me, walk hand in hand with Dan. And I'm like, you think that I would have learned that by now? But I, yeah, I, even when we walk physically, I'm like three steps ahead of him. Um, just cause, <laughs> cause I'm a fast walker. I like to walk fast. Um, but he was just like, walk hand in hand with Dan. So I don't. I struggle with this. I don't need to vie for position with my husband. I don't need to um, compete with him for control. I don't need to push and pull, and that's a struggle. Yeah, that's a struggle. Um, I don't need to go ahead of him and take matters into my own hands and take charge, um, which is a temptation. And uh, the other thing is, I don't need to lag behind. I'm not called to be just silent and passive. Um, I'm called to be active in our relationship. Because God has made us one. And this is a picture um, that he gave us of, uh, of oneness, of Christ and the church. We are meant to be. We are the bride, and he is the bridegroom. And when we're united in marriage through salvation, we are one. And just like the head is not separated from the body, uh, the body needs the head, the head needs the body, it's one. And so, yeah, that, I'm still learning. I'm still learning and growing, but I think a lot of my journey was learning to see um, and know that God loves me, God protects me, God cares for me, and I can trust the love of God um, in all things. So that's it. Yeah, the head is detached from the body. What we have is a horror film. (laughs) It's awful, right? Scary. And unfortunately, I think, because we are growing, and some of you have been married much longer than us in this room, we're 28, but for many of the years, it was not good. And I want to expand this out, too, like other relationships. If you're pushing or pulling to do your own thing, it creates disaster, right? So... 
a little bit of my story with this. Um, you know, the man in the section is called to love six, I think six times. Sacrificially agape. And I can honestly say in the beginning years, hopefully getting a bit better, but I was far from living like Christ. I thought I knew more than I did. And it was only through brokenness and failure that God could enable me to do a little better. My love was very selfish and self-seeking. And that's just the truth. I was a crusader, and I'm not joking, for complementarian theology. I would pick arguments to tell you my so-called truth when the discussion wasn't even going that way. But I had the truth, and I was going to tell you. And I wasn't going to lose. And I had my ammo, man. And you know what? If you still want to argue... If I go back to those days, yeah, I, the mind is engraved. Let's just put it that way. In this, I think maybe I was taught that way. I studied that. But really, the deeper issue, as Amy talked about her deeper issue, my deeper issue, was my lack of identity in God's love. And it came out in force. You see, again, maybe my age, my, maybe my immaturity in Christ, but Pastor Dan had to be right. Because knowing the truth and telling you the truth, your regards of the relationship was my identity. I had to know the truth. I had to give the truth. And I felt so much pressure. And maybe because my position, like, you're wrong, you're right. You know, and I was going to get it right. And I was going to know the truth. You know, and I was going to tell you, and there's no way you could tell me otherwise, and God would be proud of me because I declared it. But the problem with that is I was crushing my wife and many women along the way. You ever heard of the phrase dead right? (laughs) Well, I was killing people to be right. And it started in my own home. You see, this is not the love of Christ, to know truth and hang it over people, not to be gracious, to be dominating. That's not what God wanted for me. But as God is wonderful and merciful and gracious, he took through my failure and brokenness, sometimes my fault, sometimes not, There's some days I love my job. There's some days I hate my job. I'm just being dreadfully honest. You love to see people grow, and when they're not growing, it's no fun. But you start to need God's grace because of your failure. And when you need God's grace, you start to show God's grace. And that started to change in my life, and things started to change, and I think in our marriage. And the fruit appeared of dependence on the love of Christ and not having to be right. 
And incredibly, it started to create unity because I started to elevate other people, starting with my bride. Yeah. I don't know if you've been here for long, but you'd probably say, yeah, about five years ago, things seemed real well different um, in how things proceeded. And I think that was a journey I was on. You see, to cherish, to nurture, as we're instructed here, husbands, to sacrificially love, to wash them with the water of the word, that only comes as we experience God. You can't know this truth and just do it. You need to experience, live in, and it projects out of you. Amen? And that's something that started to happen in me. And also understanding I can't wash and cleanse my wife. So it's this idea that Jesus did that for me. So it wasn't teaching her, but rather looking together to Christ, who is the one who washes us. And what a difference it is. And what a change it is. I started to listen to different things. You know when you're on YouTube and you listen to the same kind of sermon, you're just going to get more of the same? That's the way it works, algorithms, right? I had to change my algorithms a little bit. And I start to listen to all sorts of teachers. And I think I was old enough to throw some of the bones out and eat the meat. But it was important that I would hear maybe a little different voices than the ones I had always heard, not particularly in this issue to begin with, but generally the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, end times, just different kind of little secondary issues. You know, I don't have the beat on this. I don't have all the truth. Let me learn from people who love you who might think a little differently. Well, I remember one time I was driving in the car. I can remember very vividly on my way to the Christian school in Franktown. I hit one of my podcasts, and the title was How Jesus Treated Women. No joke, my hand went to turn it off. I already knew. The Holy Spirit gently encouraged me to listen. (laughs) I pulled my hand away. And there was lots in that sermon, not everything I agreed with. But something came very clearly. It's to how Jesus truly treated women. And of course, I knew these things, but there was an experience I had with with God in the car. That it wasn't me having right theology perfectly. But there was a responsibility I had in my own home through the power of the Holy Spirit to empower my wife as Jesus empowered the women around him. Where the Jewish culture wouldn't allow a woman to be taught or to touch a man, Jesus broke all the man-made rules and he ministered to the heart to empower women. And I had that experience and I still wanted to lead and I wanted to do it well. But something changed within me that I wanted to be a stepping stone for my wife to experience, not to be crushed 
under my so-called truth, but to be empowered with the truth in God's glory through the Holy Spirit, that she could be all that God had called her to be. And I'm telling you right now, you got to let go of yourself and what you want to accomplish. See, that was the next part of my story. I, I, I walk now. I walk a lot. My kids make fun of me because I got a fitness watch from Canadian Tire, $20 on sale, Black Friday. But it looks like an Apple watch, so they think, oh, Dad, you're just trying to fool everyone. Well, we had a test Friday at dinner, and I showed them it does all the things. But it does keep track of mileage, and I, and I walk a lot. I walk, I walk, and I pray a lot. And, but back in this day, I used to run. I'm getting old, I guess. Um, but those times with the Lord, either walking or running, are precious to me. Because if I'm sitting and I'm praying, guess what happens? Come on, what happens to you? Yeah, anyways. I can't do that when I walk or run. And I remember this day I was at the arena walking around the track. Maybe fast walking, (laughs) slow jogging. Um, And it was thinking of this topic. I don't know why the Holy Spirit brought into my mind. And I've always had the vision and promise for revival for Lanark County. If you're going to sit with me in a room for a while, you're going to hear about that. And you're going to hear prophecies and stories of my desire for this community to be changed and turned from sin and the way this world thinks to the grace and love of Christ and how I believe it's coming. I just don't know when. I can remember that day, one of the first steps to realize revival was to empower my wife and to make her voice powerful in our church. That's when things, you see us do things together like this. And to be honest, if you can say, oh, I don't think that's in Scripture, you can go to another church. (laughs) Uh, I say that not in a bad way. I say that in an encouraging way. Because one thing I found out is to be comfortable where you are in the truth and what God's showing you to the Bible is really important to how you grow. It really is. But to come in and always have a problem, it will stop you from hearing God's word. That's why I say that. I don't say that to be mean. I say that for our, your, everyone's benefit. You understand that? And this isn't about numbers. This is about people growing with the Lord. And my desire is for everyone to grow with the Lord. And so if there's something that makes you uncomfortable that we believe in, that's a secondary issue in Scripture, you can find a place to grow. But if you come in divided and upset, it will stop you from hearing the truth that God has for you. And that's just a little of that. And I believe with all my heart, we desire not to live complementarian, egalitarian. We desire to live like Jesus. I desire to lead, protect, care, empower, nourish, and cherish my life. I believe I'm responsible in the end for living like Christ. And that's true leadership. I believe that we're all called to submit. Yes, women as well. 
for the glory of God so we can be one and work together for his glory. Communicating, open, failures, success, with grace, with Jesus, with his love, with his submission, with the character of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the mystery, but that's available. So your life, your relationships, your marriage can be changed to have power for God's glory. And sometimes it means, well, actually, all the time, it can mean letting go of myself and choosing Jesus. Amen? We don't need to fight. We need to be unified in Jesus to be stronger at home and at church for his glory. Women, rise up to the challenge of this passage. Men, rise up to the Holy Spirit, not to dominate Not to think better of yourself, not to be, oh, the leader, but a leader who truly sacrifices, empowers, encourages, embraces. Make wise decisions. And sometimes they're hard. They're hard. Sometimes it's hard. You don't agree. Hello? (laughs) You guys always agree? But if we're looking at Jesus and living in our role, not to push and pull, but through the Holy Spirit being like him. Wow. Grace together is of the heirs of Christ to do incredible work for God's glory. You're not always right. God's word is always right. Amen. So in any relationship today, guess what? We have this great opportunity (laughs) just to simply say, Jesus, help. Right? Holy Spirit, come in all my relationships. May I esteem others as better than myself. May I walk in forgiveness. Even if they don't say sorry, Christ forgave us before we even did anything. He went to the cross. We receive, right? And it sets us free to be all that he has for us. Just in the name of Jesus now. I just, I saw a picture before we started, just this ball, this wrecking ball of destruction. And it's the thoughts of Satan that are in this world. We don't have to get put a part of this snowball growing. We don't have to think like the world. But we can think like Jesus. So I pray, Satan, against your thoughts. I pray against anything that's not of the Lord this morning, that it would change in this moment, that it would be broken in the power of Jesus Christ, that we have authority in this moment to claim the work, the truth, the weapon of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our greatest weapon 
God is the cross, is forgiveness, is your love, is sacrifice, is your submission to the Father. And we live in it, we claim in it, we want to walk in it. Father God, help us. Change the atmosphere of division in our world. It's everywhere. Don't allow it to continue in this place by the power of the name of Jesus. That it stops here. It stops here. Not just in marriage, in all relationship. And Christ will be honored and glorified. And we will walk and be imitators of Him through the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is an invitation. This isn't a have to. This is an invitation. But God's way is always better. Always. Lord, as we look at communion this morning, you came out of love. You humbled yourself. That's what your word says. You humbled yourself to the point of death, death on the cross. You were secure in the Father's love. You could do what he said. And we see that in the elements, your body and your blood. And through that, there is forgiveness, there is grace, there is mercy. Through that, there is freedom. Through that, there is new life. That's what we desperately need to be renewed in this morning. What Jesus did, that you can understand and live in that, and then you can go show that same forgiveness and love to those around you, starting with your spouse. Oh Lord, help us. As we look at you, may we not be the same. May our minds be renewed that we will not become like the world, but we would be transformed as we look at the mercy of Christ. So this morning, the elements are in the back. If you're new here, we just take them. If you need prayer, the elders, other leaders will be at the back love to pray for you. Take the element, bring it back to your seat, and we'll partake together. Just a little warning this morning. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, we're so happy you're here. We're so thankful you're here. Welcome. <laughs> but communion is for those who believe. Otherwise, it's just juice and a cracker. It doesn't mean anything. And we don't want that either. Thank you for coming. Put the elements for anyone who chooses to say, I believe in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and forgiveness that comes from belief in him and repentance of sin. You are welcome to the table. Praise God. If you don't know Jesus, man, he loves you. He wants to know you.
He wants to lavish His forgiveness and His grace upon you. He wants to set you free. The burdens, the pressures to live in His grace. Just simply stop striving on your own. Confess yeah, in your heart. Accept with your mouth. Jesus is Lord that He came and died again. And you will be saved as you believe with your heart confess with your mouth. Praise God. Let's worship and enjoy these moments together. Thanks for listening. If you want any information about our church, check us out at northgateministry.com. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, you can listen at YouTube at Northgate Ministry.